Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Horror Nights in Podcast with your one and only host, me, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. I upload a new podcast every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time and a new YouTube video Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movie of the week that you guys pick, and anything else horror. So thank you so much for being here. I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review and not only makes my days better, it also helps other horror fans find me. You can also find me on the socials on Twitter at Horror Daddies R Us, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube at Horror Nights in Podcast. So be sure to follow me on there for all the latest Horror Nights in news. So on this episode of Horror Nights in we delve into the 1998 horror film Halloween H2O. I'll be giving you the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb score, then delving deep into the plot characters and my overall honest and horrific opinion of the film. So stick around until the end. So before we get into the film, um, I apologize if I sound a little sick. I woke up about a half an hour ago, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, Twitter, you know that I worked um, my bartending shift yesterday, which I usually don't work on Saturdays, but um, everybody wanted to have off, so I was called to come in, which is totally fine. So if I sound, I know I sound a little congested, a little a little down for the count, uh, I do apologize. Um, so I think that's all. I, and congratulations to the winner of the giveaway this week. Um, if you guys missed the giveaway, make sure you're following me on all the socials so that you can keep up with that. Um, also, I decided uh, preemptively yesterday to start redoing my office um, so that I could record and um, record my podcast and my YouTube videos in there. And we are actually recording in here today. So if it sounds a little bit different, which I don't think that it's going to. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it sounds exactly the same. Uh, my voice just sounds different, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, we are recording in my office now. I'm super excited. I'm getting a bunch of, I bought like a whole bunch of posters um, on Amazon um, that I'm going to frame because I'm an adult now um, and then hang them up on the wall so that uh, it can definitely get the effect of a, a podcast recording office room. It's funny um, because the rest of my apartment is actually... <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty girly. Um, I have a lot of different candles. I have like flowers everywhere. Uh, I have like gray tones, very like very cool tones everywhere. (laughs) And then it's like you walk past my office and it's like, you know, I have like a screen poster I ordered, an it poster. Um, I also have, bye Roxy. Um, I also have a Halloween, an original poster that I ordered. 
Um, I also got some like really cool purple lights. So I'm really excited about it and I'm excited for you guys to see it too. So obviously you guys can't see it if you're not following me on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are three videos up now. The first one I did was American Horror Story reaction to the trailer. And then, oh, I'm sorry, there's four up now. Um, and then I did a Spirit Halloween haul and then I did actually did two videos on It Chapter 2. There's a short one and a long one. So if the short one's like 11 minutes, the long one's like 30 minutes. Um, so definitely go check those out if you like YouTube. I personally love YouTube. I've been watching YouTube, oh my God, since I was like 18 years old. Um, and it's always fascinated me. So I really wanted to delve into that whole world. So I'm really excited about all of that that's going on. Um, so yeah, if you like watching YouTube videos and if you don't, that's okay too. Just hang with me here. That's good. Um, so I think that's all I have for my life. <laughs> um, so let's get into the film Halloween H2O. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this film a 52% with 49% of the audience liking it. And IMDb gave a 5.7 out of 10. So Halloween H2O was released July 27th, 1998 with a running time of 86 minutes. It was directed by Steve Miner and written by Robert Sapia and Matt Greenberg. So the director of this film also worked on Friday the 13th, part one and part three. Uh, and Matt Greenberg, one of the writers, has worked on a ton of horror films like 1408, uh, the remake of Pet Cemetery, whereas the other writer looks like he hasn't really done anything since 2007, which is totally fine. Maybe he didn't want to do that anymore. Uh, so a short IMDb synopsis of this film is Laurie Strode, now the dean of a Northern California private school with under an assumed name, must battle the shape one last time as life of her own son hangs in the balance. Uh, the film stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, and the iconic L. Cool J. All right, guys, so now we are going to listen to the trailer. It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming party. No boobs, no drugs, no kidding. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. 
Oh man, I really miss those um, late '90s, early 2000s trailers. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that guy's voice. His name, like Mr. Movie Phone or something. <laughs> um, I miss those kinds of trailers. So thank you all again um, who voted in the poll on Twitter and everyone who has watched my new YouTube videos. Um, as I said, like if you haven't checked them out, go <clears throat> check them out. Um, you can either check them out right now or you can wait till the end of the show or you can check them out, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so Halloween, the film and Halloween, the holiday always just make me really, really happy. Um, so I've been actually pretty productive lately. Um, and it makes me happy. That makes me happy too, but I'm always really tired. Um, I don't want to play a victim like, Oh my God, I'm so tired and busy because there are a lot of other people who have way more things to do than I do. Um, and I go through these phases where I do a lot and then I do like nothing. Um, I'm, I'll am i be 31 in November and I still haven't found a good balance. Um, so I go through phases where I talk to everyone I haven't talked to in like months. And then I go back to being like a hermit and not talking to anyone. Um, but anyway, we are here to talk about Halloween, the film, and of course the holiday. Um, so it is currently a little over a month and a half until Halloween. Halloween, but I really like to celebrate Halloween like all year round. I feel like anybody who likes horror films does this. Um, I actually have decorative Halloween pumpkins on my desk at work all year round and also decorative pumpkins in my kitchen. So, and now in my office because I have some in there. Um, okay, let's get into the film. So the film begins with the iconic Mr. Sandman song that we heard in the trailer as we descend on a town in Illinois called Langdon on a neighborhood getting ready for Halloween. It is also October 29th to 1998. And we see a woman getting out of her car dressed in a nurse's uniform. She's walking up to her front door and steps in glass, and she sees that her porch light has been smashed and her door is open. She peeks inside her house, but it's dark, so she decides to run over to the neighbor's house and knock on the door and ring the doorbell. She then hears something around the side of the house and is cut off by her younger neighbor and his friend. The neighbor has a hockey mask on, which of course reminds us of Jason Voorhees. Uh, the neighborhood Jimmy is actually played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So, and then the neighbor, the friend neighbor, he is played by Andrew Garfield. Um, so the three are now inside Jimmy's house, and he has called the local police about the break-in into his neighbor's house. Uh, he then takes it upon himself to go check out her house before the cops get there. She urges him not to go inside, but he grabs his trusty hockey stick, bags on his friend for not coming with him, and then goes inside the house. Uh, he then starts taunting whoever might still be in the house when he hears a noise and turns to see that her office is completely turned upside down and inside out. He then walks into the kitchen, takes a bite of a cookie um, that's on the island, opens her fridge, steals two beers, and we see a door behind him slowly start opening, but it's just an ironing board falling. Jimmy gets spooked and starts hitting the pots and pans that are hanging from the ceiling. So in the next scene, it's now dark as Jimmy comes back outside and tells them that the coast is clear and that he checked all the rooms and closets and no one's there. 
and they both go to leave as she enters the house. So once inside, she closes and locks the door and flips on the light to reveal that, of course, there's no electricity. She goes to her breaker box, but that isn't working. So she grabs a flashlight and sees her office is destroyed, just as Jimmy said. She then pans a flashlight over to a photo of Dr. Loomis and an empty case file with the name Lori Strode on it. She then hears a noise and sees that her front door has been opened again. She runs to it, shuts it, and locks it. And as she does, Michael Myers appears at the end of her hallway. She then turns and Michael is gone, but her back door is now open. She then sees a shadow, turns to run out of the house, and back to Jimmy's house. She then rushes inside and sees that Jimmy has got an ice skate to the face. She then runs to the back door and the other friend is there. He's got a knife in his back and he falls onto her. Michael then fills the door frame and starts going after her. But before he can get to her, he grabs his iconic butcher knife from the knife block. Uh, he sees that the police have arrived to the other house and he gets distracted for a moment. She then takes the opportunity to hit Michael with a fire poker and he falls, but grabs her legs and almost stabs her, but she's able to escape. She sees a police from the window and starts yelling for help, but they can't hear her. Michael is right behind her, but she hits him again with the poker, but the police then go inside of her house. She is finally able to break the window and yell for help, but it's too late. Michael has pulled her back and slit her throat. Also, this is the nurse. Her name is Marion. Uh, she was actually in the original Halloween um, and I believe she is pretty much killed twice by Michael Myers in this universe. Um, the police then come back outside and the one cop notices that the window is broken and calls for his partner. We then see a car leave the driveway. So the next scene is now the next day and it's raining and we see cop cars and coroner vans outside of both houses. We then find out that the nurse was Marion Whittington and she was also Dr. Loomis's nurse and that the house she lived in was Dr. Loomis's house, but he had died a few years ago. The two detectives are now walking through the house talking about Dr. Loomis um, and how he searched for Michael Myers. The one detective then suggests that he was the one who killed Marion and the two boys to which the other one says they never did find Michael Myers' body, but that was almost 20 years ago. They both then enter uh, Dr. Loomis's office to reveal an entire wall of crime scene photos, maps, and newspaper clippings. And right in the center was a sketch of Michael Myers himself. The lead detective then makes a call to Haddonfield to warn them. He then, or we then get a little opening sequence of the film with Dr. Loomis commenting that Michael Myers had the blackest eyes he had ever seen and that he was pure evil. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this film erased all the ones in between, and I'm pretty sure the only ones that exist in this universe are Halloween 1 and 2. Um, I don't think Halloween 4, 5, or The Curse of Michael Myers come into play here at all, um, so the scene then moves to a long hallway and into a classroom. It then swings around and we see a name plaque that reads Headmistress Carrie Tate and a picture of Josh Hartnett. We also see that, of course, it is Halloween. Um, it then pans to a closet, which is actually the same one from the original uh, Halloween as Michael Myers busts in on Lori and tries to kill her. Uh, it then pans back to the photo of Josh Hartnett with a knife through the glass and Laurie Strode is written on the board. Uh, it then cuts to Jamie Lee Curtis, a.k.a. Laurie Strode, a.k.a. Carrie Tate, uh, screaming in her bed as Josh Hartnett, a.k.a. her son, John, comes running in to calm her down. So I actually really loved Josh Hartnett back in the day. I thought he was the cutest. Um, 
I loved him when he was in the faculty and 40 Days and 40 Nights. I was probably too young to be watching 40 Days and 40 Nights, but it had Josh Hartnett in it, so my mom let me watch it. <laughs> um, this was actually his first film, Halloween H2O. Uh, imagine your first film <laughs> being ha- Halloween with the original Laurie Strode, even with his awful haircut. Of course, I had to talk about it. Um, so then we see that he goes into her bathroom to get her a pill, which I assume is either like an antidepressant or an anxiety pill. Um, we also learn that Lori and her son now reside in Summer Glen, California at Hillcrest Academy High School. Then we got a little back and forth between mother and son about a trip to Yosemite that John wants to take with the rest of his friends. We also learn that John is now 17 years old, uh, and this is the first Halloween that he is celebrating at 17, which obviously is something to keep in mind. It also seems that John is over his mother's paranoia and overprotection and calls her out for his father. (laughs) This is actually a really shitty part, and calls her out uh, for his father being an abusive drug addict. Uh, He then tells her that he understands today is the day, a.k.a. Halloween, but they need to, to... get through with that part of their life. So yeah, this is not the nicest exchange between mother and, and son. Um, Josh Hartnett's character in this film is kind of an asshole um, to his mom. And right, I mean, I don't want to say rightfully so, because there's he said a pretty shitty line in the beginning of this. He's basically was just like calling her out for staying with someone who was an abusive drug addict um, and that he was the one that like left hers. It was just it was it was kind of fucked up and not really that nice. Um So John is now at school with his group of friends, Sarah and Charlie, who are ragging on him for his mother. Charlie even does a nod to Norman Bates and his mother in Psycho. Um, He kind of says, like, oh, you're going to end up, you know, with your mom renting out a hotel. Uh, Sarah then tells... <clears throat> tells them that she wants to ditch Yosemite too because she hated it when she went two summers ago. So back with Lori, who was in her office and looking out the window, um, we then see the reflection of Michael Myers is behind her. She closes her eyes and he disappears. Um, we then meet John's girlfriend, Molly, who's played by Michelle Williams, and finds out that she can't go to Yosemite either because her dad flaked on her financial aid again, to which Charlie realizes that they can all have a little Halloween party of their own. The scene then cuts to that iconic bathroom scene on Highway 139 in Northern California. A mother and daughter pulled off into a rest stop with Michael Myers' car with a flat tire on the side of the road. They venture into the men's room when the women's room is locked. There's no electricity, so the mom uses a rock to prop the door open as they go into separate stalls. The bathroom door then slides shut, but the mom reassures her daughter that it's fine, hands her a tissue, and sets her purse on the ground by her feet. Then we see Michael Myers grab her purse. She then leans in and looks through the crack in the door to see that Michael Myers is the one who stole her purse. Um, Her daughter then screams and she runs out and it's just spiders. The camera then pans to outside and the car has been stolen by the shape himself. So (laughs) this scene was kind of weird because like nobody died and obviously I don't wouldn't want either the mother or the child to die. Um, but I guess we kind of need an, an explanation of how he was able to get from Illinois to California with one car. Um, but I mean, I'm going to get a little bit into that a little bit later. So, um, this scene was cool. I mean, it definitely raised the anxiety and tension, but nobody died. So, And like I said, not that I would want the mother or child to die, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, So back with Lori and the rest of the of the 
the friend group, Lori is giving a speech to the students at the private high school to be on their best behavior while they're all away at Yosemite. Charlie then reveals to his friends that he is also not allowed to go because he forgot to hand in his history report, and they all discuss the things that they'll be doing while the rest of the school is off campus. Lori is now walking back to her office and is joined by Will, the school's guidance counselor, who is also staying behind to watch over the four students who are staying behind, a.k.a. John, Charlie, Sarah, and Molly. They are then joined by Lori's receptionist, Norma, but she quickly dismisses her so they can go into Lori's office and then have a really creepy, nasty, full-on make-out session. Um, we also learn that they, uh, the guidance counselor and Lori, so Will and Lori, have a lunch plans off campus at 1 p.m. Side note, of course, Norma is played by Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, and she was also in Psycho. Um, so we then uh, get to meet many horror fans' favorite character, at least one of my favorite characters from the film, Ella Cool J, um, who plays the security guard. He is currently on the phone with his wife, reading her a part of his book, but she's ragging on him for wanting to be a writer and how she wants a baby sooner than later. Uh, we then get a small jump scare as John and Charlie come behind him and ask if they can go off campus so John can get Molly a present. Ronnie tells them... He can't because of his mother's strict orders, but John is able to coerce him to open the gates for them to sneak out. Lori is now downtown to meet her secret boyfriend, and we are reminded again that it is Halloween by trick-or-treaters running around the town. She stops in front of a window displaying jewelry, and in the reflection behind her is once again her brother, Michael Myers. She quickly turns, and it's just Will. Um, The two are now sitting at lunch, and we see that Lori has a glass of wine in front of her, And she asks Will if he thinks recovery is possible on a traumatic experience. She then decides to let Will in on her past, but kind of not all the way. Um, She tells him she's tried everything from 12 steps to meditation, um, but then he gets up from the table and she calls for the waiter. She asks for another glass of wine and she starts chugging the one in front of her. So back with John and Charlie, they're actually in the same vicinity as Lori without obviously that knowledge of course um charlie's able to steal some booze from a liquor store and rags on john um (laughs) he could have stolen some from his mom but john calls his mom out for being a functioning alcoholic uh as Lori actually runs into them and unleashes hell on john for straying off campus on the day on all the days to do it uh, they then have a full-on fight in the middle of town in broad daylight talking about how michael myers is dead so John then does have a point about his mom <clears throat> is letting her past ruin their present and the future. The three are now on their way back to campus, and then Mr. Sandman actually comes on the radio, but Lori shuts it off. So on the way back to campus, we also see that Michael Myers has made it to town. Uh, they get back to the gate, and Lori yells at Ronnie for letting John and Charlie off campus again. And behind them, of course, is Michael Myers, but nobody notices, and he drives away. Um, also, funny note here... L. Cool J actually calls Lori a psycho, which could be a reference to her mother being in the film Psycho as um, Marion Crane. We are now with Molly, who is in the kitchen. She's doing some dishes. She then hears a buzzing noise, and it looks like it's one of those dumb waiter elevator things um, that sends dishes up and down between floors. 
but it actually wasn't the dishes inside. It was roses with a Halloween scavenger hunt. Um, so Molly is now walking in the back areas of the school, and then someone, of course, jumps out of the shadows, and it's another other than John, and he surprises her with the table set up and a banner that reads, Happy Halloween. Uh, he tells Molly that He's never really celebrated uh, Halloween due to his um, psychotic serial killer that runs in the family and likes to butcher people on Halloween night. But tonight would be different because he was with her. How cute. Aw, that's so precious. <laughs> um, so now you're in class with John and Molly, and it looks like Lori is actually their teacher for this class. Molly then turns her head to laugh as John makes a funny face, and she's actually caught off guard when she sees the shape looking up at the windows of the classroom because, of course, this is what happens. Um so she is pulled from it by Lori asking her about the book Frankenstein. And of course, it correlates to the film um, with the monster, aka the shape, killing off everybody. Victor loved for him to act um, act out against his fear, aka Lori finally confronting the shape, aka her brother. Uh, the bell then rings, and Molly quickly looks back outside, but the shape is gone. Lori then calls John to her desk and and to her desk before he's able to leave with Molly and hands him a piece of paper. It's actually the signed permission slip to Yosemite. She asks, so so basically John doesn't tell her that he's staying behind with his girlfriend and his two friends. Um, She kind of just lets him believe that he is going and she says, you know, make sure you call me. Um, And, you know, she says once you get there and then a few more times. Um, so we then see the rest of the school packing and leaving for Yosemite with Lori on looking with the classic or a classic John Carpenter Halloween theme that's now playing. As Lori is going back inside, she runs into her receptionist, Norma, who tells her um, they, they've all been through things and the key is to focus on today. She then wishes Lori happy Halloween and leaves. As the buses are leaving and off school grounds, uh, we can see that Michael Myers has been waiting to go back onto campus. He then starts his car, switches on his light, and heads to the direction of the school, which is pretty much abandoned at this point except for the four friends, security guard, um, and then Will and Lori. So back with L. Cool J, he is on the phone with his wife again, reading his book to her. He then sees lights come to the gate and tells his wife that he will call her right back. He then goes outside, calls out, but no one answers. He then opens the gate and goes to inspect the car, but no one is actually inside. We then see a very stealth Michael Myers creep behind him and into the school grounds. Rodney then goes back inside and closes the gate. Um, he then gets on the phone with his wife again, and we see that Michael Myers is creeping around the guard shack watching him, and I'm pretty sure at one point he hits, Michael Myers like hits the window to get the attention of the guard, and then he cuts the telephone lines. So Ronnie, of course, then leaves the guard shack to investigate. Um, in the next scene, we see Lori packing up for the night, and she goes to leave, but hears a noise, uh, but she ignores it, and she leaves. She is now walking across campus and hears voices and a light on, but it's just the girls who have stayed behind. She then hears something, and she looks behind her to see Michael Myers walking towards her down a dark alley. She clo- Ooh, sorry guys. She closes her eyes twice, but he is still coming. Uh, we then get another jump scare from Will. He then asks if he can spend the night with her after he makes his rounds. He then sees, so then Lori's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And then she leaves. And then Will is actually, his attention is caught by the shape moving in the shadows. But the scene then cuts to Molly and Sarah in their bedroom, 
actually watching Scream 2 smoking cigarettes and the girls hear a knock and it's Will doing his rounds before he leaves. Uh, as soon as he does, the girls turn off the movie, grab their things and jump out the window to go meet, um, maybe not jump out the window at this point. No, they don't jump out the window. They just grab their things to go meet up with their boyfriends. Um, so as they are breaking and entering into another part of the school through a window, that's the part that I was confused. John thinks he saw something behind him but ignores it and joins his friends. Lori is now home, opens her freezer, and grabs a bottle of vodka, downs it pretty quickly, then grabs some mouthwash when she hears a knock on the door. And it's Will with a pumpkin. Um, so back with the friend group, Sarah and Charlie are preparing the evening's dinner selection. And I'm also getting very Nightmare on Elm Street, Street vibes from um, them hanging out in what looks like a boiler room for the kitchen. Um, there are also a million candles lit for their festivities. Charlie then leaves to go grab something. And as we shift back to Lori and Will, who are getting a little hot and heavy, and Lori decides this is the perfect time to tell Will who she really is, and that is Lori Strode. Uh, she then goes on to explain that her brother kills a lot of her friends and how she faked her own death and she went into hiding as a mistress for a private school in Northern California, hoping her brother would never find her. She then gets up to grab them both a drink and we see that the pumpkin that they have is actually carved into the same pumpkin as the one from the original, because of course... Lori then explains how Michael sat in a sanitarium for 15 years waiting for her. Will asks how old she was, and she realizes that she was 17, and of course now John is 17. She then runs to the phone, realizes it's dead, then she runs into John's room and sees that his packing, um, or his camping gear is still there, and she knows now that he never went to Yosemite and that he's still somewhere on campus. She then runs into her bedroom and grabs her gun that is under her pillow, as Will is chasing her, as Will is chasing her around, saying that she's crazy and that they need to calm down. Um, they then go to her front door and they get another jump scare, and it's Ronnie who tells them about the strange car and how the um, the phones are down. Um, so now we're back with Sarah. She's looking for Charlie, and he seems to be missing. But then we see him come up behind her, and he has two wine glasses. But he can't find a corkscrew. She then jumps into the uh, he j- then jumps into the dumbwaiter and tells her he's going upstairs to look for one. He then utters the words that no one should ever say in a horror movie. I'll be right back. He's now upstairs, and he finds a corkscrew. But, of course, it drops into the sink and is in the garbage disposal. We then see the shape is now in the doorframe, watching Charlie try to get the corkscrew out by sticking his hand on the sink. And he is able to actually get it out just fine. But then turns and runs right into Michael Myers. And he say, he just looks at him and goes, hi. <laughs> this is so weird. Um, so back with Sarah, still waiting for Charlie. She flips on a light and we see that there is some kind of pantry in front of her. But then she sees the shape move outside the window and she goes to investigate. So the tension is obviously a building as she goes to a couple doors and they're all locked. She then hears a dumbwaiter. She opens the door and sees that her boyfriend has had his neck sliced open. She then screams, turns, and the shape is in the doorway again. She turns back around and jumps into the dumbwaiter, but Michael is able to stab her in the leg. So she's almost... um She's almost she's no so she's now in the upper part of the kitchen and she's trying to get out of the 
the dumbwaiter, but her leg is actually stuck under her dead boyfriend's leg. Um, but And, of course, she's almost out. Michael cuts the rope, and it comes flying back down, and then it comes on top of her leg. Um, so now her leg is almost, like, hacked off by this dumbwaiter, so she's trying to, like, crawl away slowly. Um, so... This is actually kind of a funny part because Michael sort of looks up and like twists his body like Batman. And you hear this, like, I hear this, like, when I was watching the scene, I heard this, like, meh noise in my head. He's like, all right, I guess I'll go upstairs now to find her. <laughs> um, this is actually not the first part of the film that makes me laugh um, with Michael Myers' characteristics. Um, so now back with John and Molly, they hear something from upstairs. Now it's their turn to go and investigate while Sarah is still dragging herself on the floor as we see the shape is coming for her. She then starts backing up, but Michael comes down on her hard with his butcher knife and kills her. Uh, John and Molly are now in the kitchen. They call it hello, but then they step in blood on the floor, and they look over and see blood all over the floor and the dumbwaiter. They then start following the blood to the pantry from earlier, and I have to say, this is another kill that really stays with me because it's pretty epic. Uh, Molly flips on the light to reveal Sarah is actually hanging from the light bulb, totally dead. The light bulb is, like, in her stomach. Um... So they run, and they see the shape is a few feet away, and he does my most favorite thing ever. He does his head tilt. Um, if you guys remember my Halloween special from last year, I went into great detail why I love the head tilt, so I'll have a link in the show notes if you guys want to hear that, because um, I feel like I've talked about it many times already now. <laughs> um, so the two are now running on campus away from Michael Myers, and John says they need to get back to the dorms and call the police, but before they can do or go anywhere, the shape is behind them. Pulls Molly back by her hair, but John starts punching his his uncle in the face. <laughs> um, the shape then throws him to the ground, stabs him in the leg, but Molly is able to hit him in the head with a rock, and they run away. Uh, they are now um, able... So they're basically... They are running, and they get back to the dorms, but there's like a cage separating them from the door to get into the dorms. Uh, Molly has keys, and she's able to get the gate open, but in closing the gate, she drops the keys as the shape is getting closer. Um, She's almost to the keys, but he closes in on them, and they're basically, like, up against the the door behind them. He's, like, slicing the air a couple times in front of them. Then he grabs the keys that are laying on the ground. Um, He then starts trying to get the gate open with the keys, and John and Molly are banging on the door for someone to save them. Just then, Lori and Will are at the door. The two rush inside as Michael gets the gate open, and we get the very iconic shot of Lori seeing her brother up close and personal between some glass. Um, She then reaches for her gun, but he is gone. So the four are now running up the stairs, and Lori pushes John and Molly into a closet and tells them to barricade themselves in while Will and Lori go look for her brother. Uh, The two then turn a couple corners, and the shape is on the one end of the hall. Will grabs Lori's gun, shoots off a couple shots, and of course, it's not Michael Myers, it's Ronnie, the security guard. There's a moment of grieving, but that's all stopped when Michael comes out from behind a door and stabs Will in the back and picks him up in the air and kills him, um, which is also another iconic kill scene, which uh, Michael Myers is known for. Um, also, in, that, in the couple scenes before, you get the iconic, like, who was that? And Lori goes, my brother. <laughs> um so Lori is now running down another hall and opens the door to see that it's a closet. And then she goes, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember exactly what she said, but I think she was like, oh, fuck that, because it looked like the closet from the first film. So the shape is now moving towards her, and um, 
sees that she has left a bloody handprint on the closet door. He then tries the um, the hand. He then tries the the doorknob, but it's locked. So he basically is just like busts through the door instead. But Lori is behind him now and hits him over the head with a fire extinguisher and runs down to the other closet where he where she put John and Molly. So the shape is now behind her. And it does this like funny sit up thing and turns his head in the direction. And it's, it was, it's kind of hard for me to explain if you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about, but it kind of reminds me of like a baby trying to sit himself up for the first time, (laughs) which I know is so terrible to make a comparison between a serial killer and a baby, but I don't know if you guys seen, if you've seen this part of the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so the three are now sprinting towards Lori's car. They jump in, and the car, of course, doesn't start right away because it's a horror film. But at the last second, as the shape is closing in, they're able to get away. Um, they then get to the gate. Lori gets out, opens the gate, and tells them to go to the Beckers and call for help. They leave. Then Lori shuts the gate, grabs a rock, and she breaks the keypad. She then uh, breaks glass to get an axe, and we hear the iconic Halloween theme, and Lori going back onto campus with an axe, yelling for her brother. She enters the school building, turns a couple corners, and we see the shape um, has, like, lowered himself down from behind her. She turns and hits him in the shoulder with an axe, and he is able to slice her arm as she runs away. He then pulls the axe out, and lands, and it lands on the ground. Uh, he is now entering what looks like a banquet room with tables and tables and tablecloths and we see that Lori is underneath one of the tables so she is now like stealth rolling from one table to the next but she lost where Michael was because he is actually standing on top of the table that she's under now she then slides left and right but Michael is swinging at her with his knife she then kicks a chair towards the end of the table to distract him so she can roll to the next table Michael spots her then starts stepping onto the tables he's chasing her now he then jumps down and starts ripping back the tables two by two while Lori jumps up she grabs a flagpole and drives it into his stomach uh, the pole breaks and she throws the broken piece at him too he's down for a couple seconds and Lori is able to run up a flight of stairs into the kitchen and starts throwing knives at him but of course she doesn't land any um he then winds up but she grabs a drawer where the knives were and she's able to stop the knife from stabbing her she then ducks under him as he's trying to get the knife unstuck from the drawer she then grabs one of the knives that didn't land and she runs away so michael is now in the direction of where he thinks his sister went and then she comes flying out from behind some curtains starts stabbing him and the shit out of him and he flies over the balcony and onto a table so Lori then walks down a flight of stairs to where her brother is and he's still there um he's not moving she then walks up to his body takes out the knife and um that was stuck in him and winds up to stab him but then a very much alive ronnie who we thought was dead grabs her and tells her that he is dead the camera then pans up with the shape um as as he is not moving so in the next scene we see the cops have all arrived and they're moving michael's body in a body bag Lori, seeing this grabs the axe and a police officer's gun and pretty much hijacks a coroner's van where her brother's body is and she drives off uh she's now speeding down a mountain and we see the body bag start to move but it stops every time she turns around which 
which did make me laugh again. Um, he then, Michael Myers manages to get himself out of the body bag and lunge towards Lori, but she slams on the brakes and he, um, he goes flying through the glass and is once again lifeless, but then turns over and he gets up. Uh, she then runs him kind of over, but he's able to jump onto the front. Um, and then she decides to drive the van over a cliff because, you know, that's just how, that's just how it be. Um, so, we see that uh, at this point, the van is just like somersaulting through the air, and Michael is now pinned against a tree as the van flies onto him, and Lori flies from the van. So she clearly she gets up. She's clearly shaken and battered, and we see that the van has caught fire. Um, Lori then looks down and sees the axe is there too, so she grabs it and makes her way to her brother, who is pinned between the van and a tree. She calls for him, and he wakes up, and he's kind of like reaching out his hand for her. She slowly reaches out, but before she can have any kind of sympathy or anything, um, she takes the axe and she cuts his head off, (laughs) and then the film ends. Um, So... (laughs) We're going to move right into my favorite part of the part of the uh, episode, my honest and horrific opinion time. So I love this film, even with the cheesy jump scares, the bad mask, and of course, Josh Hartnett's hair. Uh, Like many horror, like many 90s horror, it's the nostalgia that I love so much. I remember watching this film and really liking it and really being into the kills and the whole idea of Michael Myers. I do remember it being more scary than funny, but honestly, of course, I love it regardless. Um... So, according to Wikipedia, the screenplay was based on a story by Kevin Williamson, who was initially hired to write a script, and the story was, um, it was actually supposed to be a sequel to the previous six films, therefore keeping the timeline. We all know the iconic Kevin Williamson, who is responsible for the creation of so many TV shows, including Dawson's Creek and The Vampire Diaries, and of course, developing and writing a screenplay for Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 4. He also wrote the screenplays for I Know What You did last summer the faculty and teaching mrs tingle all of which i really really like obviously um so when williamson first outlined halloween h2o he created the storyline in which laurie strode had faked her own death and taken on a new identity as a specific way um to basically um so basically reverse her death um, that happens in Halloween 4. In Williamson's original treatment, there are scenes in which a Hillcrest student does a report on Michael Myers' killing spree, mentioning the death of um, Lori, complete with flashbacks to 4 through 6 mentioned. Um, so Carrie, Lori, responds to hearing the student's report on de- on her death. Um by running into the bathroom and throwing up. The story was conceived as a sequel to the sixth film, therefore keeping the timeline going, but producers ultimately decided to go with the reverse and ignore the previous three films. So the original title for the film was actually Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Also, John Carpenter was supposed to direct the film, but was asking for $10 million to do so, but Dimension Films denied his request, so that's when Steve Miner took over directing. Um, Another interesting thing is that Carpenter wanted that much for the film because he claimed he was never given the compensation for revenue from the original Halloween. Uh, Another interesting tidbit is that a producer of the film, I'm going to say his name wrong, Mustafa Akkad was the reason that the whole paramedic scene came to play. So if you guys remember in Halloween Resurrection, where they kind of 
showed that it, it was the paramedic and not Michael Myers. He had a clause written that they weren't allowed to kill off Michael Myers, but Jamie Lee Curtis wanted no part of that until we and some came up with the paramedic story. She also wouldn't continue shooting the film if there was any kind of like mentioned in the sequel uh, in that film because she wanted audience to believe that Michael Myers was really dead when she cut off his head, uh, which is what I believed. Um, so in February 2003, the FX network uh, premiered an alternate version of the film, adding an extending footage not seen in the original release. It has yet to be released anywhere else, and the deleted scenes can actually be found on YouTube. I did find it on YouTube, and um, I linked them in the show notes if you guys want to go check those out. There was only one scene that I really wish that they had added in, which was when Will and Lori are carving the pumpkin. We get a more emotional connection between the two because Will's kind of talking about his his father basically blamed him for um, his mother cheating on him. So it was kind of a fucked up scene. But um, the other cut scenes are more of uh, like Michael Myers walking and stalking everybody from what I could see. Maybe you guys see something different. Uh, another thing I thought of... Um, and actually, the YouTube channel Bloodbath and Beyond pointed out, which made me laugh really hard, uh, was when Michael Myers was driving across country to California, <clears throat> how he used the same car the entire time and most likely had to get gas. So I'm just picturing like the shape getting gas with his mask on and just like in traffic with the mask on. Um, also, he has a really good sense of direction unless he asks for direction, which also makes me laugh. Um, another thing is how did Dr. Loomis have information on Laurie Strode, like if she went into hiding? So obviously there are a lot of holes in this story, but it can be boiled down to it's just a movie. Uh, it also gets a lot of slack for the title since it's basically like Halloween, Halloween 20. Uh, or like Halloween water. Um, in two scenes, it went from light to dark pretty fast. The beginning scene when with Marion and also when the buses are leaving Hillcrest. Also, the same producer of Scream did this film. Same music producer. Um, and the part where I heard it the most was in, with Lori when she's driving into town to meet Will for lunch. It's definitely uncanny that it was uh, Marco Beltrami who was doing the music. Because it's literally like, it's like music that they didn't use for Scream that used for Halloween H2O. <laughs> um, there's also the dead characters falling onto living characters all over this film. Electricity working, then not working. And I really feel there's so many, so many different universes of Michael Myers that even I get confused. Um, obviously, in the newest remake from last year, they even took out that whole Michael Myers is Laurie's brother thing, um, even though that's how it's been for the last, like, seven movies. Also, Laurie has a son in this film, but she has a daughter in the new one. And, of course, this film totally ignores four through six. And the newest Halloween kind of just ignores them all, <laughs> except for the first one. So um, I really did like this film. Um, but, of course, now looking back and watching it back and doing a you know deep analysis of the film, there's a lot of holes. But um, there's a lot of things that just weren't explained. Um, but... There's also very iconic parts of this film that I really do enjoy, and I still like it. I still think it's a great film. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some parts that I was just like, wait, what? So I'm going to link Bloodbath & Beyond's video in there, too, so you guys can check it out. Um, their video is so funny. Um, <clears throat> definitely one of their better ones, so you guys should definitely check that out. And I think that's going to be it for this episode. I... 
have to stop talking. I am, my voice is like, <clears throat> hates me right now. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Horror Nights and Podcast with your one and only host, me, Crystal, and my co-host, Roxy, who is sleeping now. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review, and have the best week ever wherever you are. And whatever you do, always remember to give your honest and horrific opinion, no matter what. All right, guys, I will talk to you next Monday and new YouTube video on Wednesday. All right. Bye, guys.